T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome back inside the clubhouse right here on 670 The Score and your free Odyssey app broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw along with Bruce Levine talking baseball from 9 to 11 like we do every Saturday morning recapping a very busy week, Bruce, that included probably a little more news than the White Sox would like at this time of the year. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I first wanted to send out uh, our condolences uh, to the family of Lynn Bramer, a great friend, great person, fantastic broadcaster, as he always said, the friend of all. And, um, you know, he will be missed, but remembered as one of the great people and great broadcasters in the history of Chicago. So our condolences to them. And I'm doing great, David. Uh, happy to be uh, looking at uh, just a few weeks away, and uh, you can uh, you can feel it out there with the snow and the cold this week. Uh, people are, are looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to it as well. Uh, both busy this week. Where would you like to begin today? Well, there's a lot to choose from, and as Lynn used to say, it's a great day to be alive. And he was, he was, he that news hit Chicago hard last weekend and the tributes have been terrific since and it's just been a testament to the kind of person he was and we know how big of a baseball fan Lynn Bramer was so we will uh, try to keep that in mind as we talk baseball here until 11. Bruce I think that the news of the week the biggest headline involves the White Sox and you could look at some uh, some other things and obviously Eloy Jimenez isn't wanting to play designated hitter Uh, the broadcast crew is back Jason Benetti and Steve Stone uh, got their contract signed. We'll talk to Steve Stone at 9.30 here on Inside the Clubhouse. But unfortunately, the biggest headline is not a good one, and that is that Major League Baseball is investigating new White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger for a potential violation of his domestic violence policy. 
and it gets messy there because when MLB investigates your player, number one, the, the nature of the allegations are disturbing and disappointing. And secondly, when you involve Major League Baseball in an investigation and they gets, gets this far, there's a lot that the White Sox cannot do and a lot that we would like to see them try, and therein lies the controversy. So that was not the headline that anybody wanted to see this week. It was not, David. And uh, I, I, first of all, I, I'm, not, I'm not clearing or defending the Chicago White Sox, but I'm making it pretty obvious from my, my uh, view of things is that the White Sox had no chance at all to be able to vet that this was going on. Okay, there was no idea at all. Major League Baseball had started their investigation, but they are not allowed and do not get involved by telling teams who to sign and who not to sign. Uh, so that information was not part of what the White Sox were available to get on him. They had to do their due, due diligence on what the, the, the guy's career was about up to that point. Did he have a few bumps in the road? Yeah, a few, but nothing like this. There was no indication there was anything like this in his, uh, uh, in his profile. So from that perspective, I, I can't dump on the White Sox for this. I can only say it's unfortunate and it's a it's a it's a black eye for them at this particular point in time, David. Uh, again, this is all in the hands of Major League Baseball until they turn it over to the White Sox. This is not a White Sox situation. The only thing the White Sox could possibly do, David, is just in in front of all this, if they want to release the guy and pay him his money, okay, uh, they could probably go ahead and do that, but. Uh, that that again, they would be open up to a lot of different things. So this is, it's it's just it's just going to have to play out through Major League Baseball and Clevenger and uh, and his wife or, or his uh, significant other, uh, figuring uh, out where this goes. The league opened its investigation after learning about the allegations made by Olivia Feinstead, the mother of one of Clevenger's children, and in the report in the Athletic, she detailed alleged physical and emotional abuse toward his three children and their mothers. He denied the allegations through a, a statement by his attorney. The attorney called the allegations baseless and accused Feinstead of threats toward the Clevenger family with a statement that emphatically denied any and all allegations. So, Bruce, I think this is uh, – th those are points well taken. I think the White Sox are at the mercy of this investigation – and the process to wait until it plays out. And according to the language of Major League Baseball and the collective bargaining agreement, the way I understand it is that the Sox cannot discipline any player, including Mike Clevenger in this case, prior to the completion of the investigation unless the commissioner transfers authority to that team, in this case the White Sox. I don't expect that to happen. Releasing him before that time period or making action would result in a grievance, um, and as it pertains to why they didn't give the Sox an idea that Mike Clevenger was going to be under investigation, MLB strives for confidentiality and things like this. I think that's where we can allow for a little bit of discussion here. And I think a lot of people wonder, maybe you do too, 312-644-6767. Shouldn't due diligence include the opportunity to find out if players you're about to invest $12 million in, in this case, are also the subject of an investigation for allegations 
that are this heinous because I think when you look at the details, there's no way a team would touch a player like this knowing if this were a possibility. And I think that all week you wonder why the Sox didn't do more, why they didn't know more. And I think that's a fair conversation even though, as you point out, there are reasons to want to defend the White Sox in this case. But, Bruce, I don't know moving forward how they can commit to a guy that has th- this hanging over his head. And I, I just don't know about that. Well, the, the presumption that he's guilty of uh, these allegations is easy to jump to and certainly disturbing beyond disturbing. But we, we live in an, uh, you know, in an era where if somebody alleges you did something, you've already already done it okay it's already happened and you're guilty of it that's not what this country is based on that's not what our system's based on okay I'm not defending Mike Clevenger in the least here I'm just defending his right to have his day investigated his day looked at by MLB by the authorities um, and uh, to know that there's always three sides to every story now I'm not saying I'm, I'm defending him or uh, taking this lightly, not at all. Uh, any type of abuse like this should be looked at significantly and very seriously. But the guy has a right to the due process, okay? That's what our country's all about. What I'm saying, David, is, and we all know this, what I'm saying is if somebody claims something now that you did, you're, you're already done, okay? There, there, is, there is no stepping back from it. Even if you're exonerated from it, there's always going to be that smudge uh, looking at you and social media uh, pounding you for uh, this alleged situation. So I think you have to step back a little bit and say, let the process play out. Uh, The White Sox, uh, in the meantime, are, are fans and people upset about what he allegedly did or the fact that they've got themselves into a situation where they might miss 175 innings from a pitcher that can help them win. I just look at it, Bruce. You're right in a lot of things that you say. But this is not a courtroom. It's a clubhouse. And the presumption of, of innocence is, is, uh, is that's just not the same standard. And I know you want to do that, but I also think that there's an element that uh, how how do, uh, diligent was the due diligence? And if Mike Clevenger was somebody with a reputation or somebody who had a history of these kinds of things, could you have legitimately found out some of these things if you tried a little harder to dig into? It's, it's hard for a lot of people to accept that. The White Sox, just during this investigation, found out that Mike Clevenger had some, uh, some of this in his past. I, I get that that you want to presume innocence and that's fair in the process to do that. But I just feel like it's, it it feels incomplete and it's very disappointing because the allegations are so disturbing in that context. We have had on some people um, who are familiar with the process, guys who have been through this before, perhaps David Sampson is one of them, former executive for the uh, uh, Miami Marlins. And we had him on, the Mullen Haw Show on Thursday morning talking about the White Sox options. This is what he had to say. You are always able to do what you want to do, but what you're talking about is the fight over 
the termination for for cause language in the contract. Termination for cause is when you can release a player and not pay him. If you're willing to pay him the $12 million just to disappear, then there's nothing that the union is going to say or the league. You pay him the $12 million, $2 million a month for the six months. You never show him in a uniform, in the White Sox uniform. You don't let him come to spring training. You don't let him do any of these off-season fan fest events, and you just move on. That was David Sampson on the Mullion Haw Show. Bruce, the option of the MLB investigative arm or the commissioner's office placing Mike Clevenger on administrative lead, leave would follow the lead of what they did in the Trevor Bauer situation with uh, Marcel Ozuna down in Atlanta when he was in, uh, accused of something similar. Uh, they have that option with three weeks to go to spring training. It's, it's hard for me to imagine the White Sox going to spring training in Glendale and Mike Clevenger reporting like this never happened. I, I, I just I think Major League Baseball, between now and the time they report, will take some sort of action. And if they don't, they put the White Sox in a real difficult spot. You know, it's sad to think that it depends how good you are as to how reaction would be out there. If this is a utility player or a uh, somebody that's uh, in the background, not a starting pitcher, David, is there a different type of reaction? Is there a different type of uh, um, social media reaction? Is there sure. a different sure. type of outcry? I mean, you know, again, the, the, the hypocrisy of it is – Oh, we don't want him playing for the team. Oh, we do want him playing for the team because he's really good or he can help us win well, as well, opposed to, you know, again, it, it's a it's a slippery slope when you go down this direction as we talk about it because uh, in reality, the allegations are so strong and so outlandish, but uh, baseball is now full of history of guys that have gone down this road uh they paid their time off. They've gotten money or not gotten money for being off and then gone on to uh, play for other teams. We've had one right here in Chicago with uh, Chapman. Uh, and, well, I uh, the think significance of him coming here. that doesn't make me feel any better about the situation. I, I just think it ma- makes me re- remember how, how much we were in sort of a, a compromise position in, in situational ethics. You, you know, it was uh, it was really disturbing. And then, boy, you know, we kind of forgot about it. And then, boy, he, he helped them win a World Series. Great move. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And there is an element of hypocrisy because of Mike Clevenger. If he were a minor league infielder, would he be giving this much attention? No, he's a guy that they spent $12 million on, and they wants to join the starting rotation because he can throw – um, he, he's he's a guy that you want to have 175 innings from. But Major League Baseball, I think, what I don't get, Bruce, and where I think the problem here is is in the due diligence. It falls under that umbrella. Why can't they establish some sort of database or give teams a heads up who are pursuing free agents, guys who might be under investigation? They want to preserve the confidentiality of those investigations, and yet they put the teams in awkward positions because of situations like this. We're going to trust the White Sox that they didn't know about this before they signed Mike Clevenger. What I want to know is how soon after did they find this out. It's a very difficult spot. And Amy Dash, Odyssey's legal analyst and expert, was on the Mullen Hall Show Thursday morning talking about MLB 
and what uh, what position the league is in in situations like this. I think there is probably privacy concerns with disclosing the name of the victim, but I don't think there's privacy concerns with just generally stating this player is under investigation because you saw how quickly they were able to confirm that once the story hit the press. And I think that's a little bit of a hypocritical move by MLB because they're claiming to have absolutely zero tolerance for this kind of stuff and then not even informing the teams, at least internally, or at least just the White Sox, that something is going on, that there's an investigation since the summer. So, Bruce, if I'm the White Sox, I'm furious that I found this out after the fact. I don't know what the reaction was because they've been very tight-lipped outside of a statement saying they didn't know. Are you privy to any kind of reaction or information about how they uh, interpreted or processed this news this week? All, all I know is that uh, they they did their usual due diligence as far as uh, checking out the guy's background. The White Sox, all the teams are really pretty good at it, and there, there was nothing that, you know, I was obviously out there at this point in time about him going through this. Uh, as far as uh, Amy Dash's view of it, um, I, I agree with her that um, a heads up might be the thing that you have to give to uh, other teams. But I think, and, and again, she's the legal expert, but I think you open yourself up to all kinds of uh, lawsuits as a league if you uh, put out detrimental information about somebody, that's just uh, just uh, at this point a investigation, not a not a, a, a true finding of person having done wrong. So, well, I think that's an that interesting point. But is somebody who's being investigated is that? Again, if you're having the presumption of innocence and you're putting somebody on a list and you're letting a team know, doesn't that fall under the category of maybe due diligence or responsibility the league has to let these teams know before they invest the money that there's these these are players that have done something to warrant an investigation into what they're being accused of? It's interesting because when you sign a contract with a major league team, you're also uh, major league baseball has to sign off on the contract. It, it has to be sent into the league office. So from that perspective, uh, you, you wonder about the legality of it and exactly who's, you know, whose rear end they're protecting at that point in time from uh, suing. And, and the other part is an investigation doesn't mean you've done anything wrong. Okay? So from that perspective, are you being fair to the individual by announcing that, uh, that he's under investigation but there's no, uh, at this point, there's no real finding. It, you know, I could call the, uh, I could call Odyssey today and say, you know, David Haw has done this, that, and the other to me, and I'd like you to investigate it. They would investigate it. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong. But you might so, not have evidence, Bruce. You might not have any video evidence of anything that I have done to you or any anecdotal evidence of anything I've thrown at you. Oh, I, have I, evidence, I have evidence from every Saturday when you accuse <laughs> me on this show. But you know, I, I think Paul but, Sullivan, yeah, and, <laughs> Sully, Sully, our buddy at the Tribune in the wake of the news columnist, uh, wrote a very strong column about the White Sox needing to sever ties with Mike Clevenger. And I have to say, Bruce, I want to be consistent. During the week, I have been, I, I have been on the same page. I, I think that they're going to eventually have to come to that conclusion. I, sooner rather than later, I'm not sure about the timing, but I have a hard time envisioning Mike Clevenger wearing a White Sox uniform in 2023. 
uh, and being on the mound pitching for this team on the south side. I just do. I know you have thoughts. I know everyone has opinions. 312-644-6767. Let's go to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's go to Rob in Door County. Good morning, Rob. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Top of the morning, former White Sox season ticket holder in uh, 13 degree, far eastern northern Wisconsin, uh, weighing in. It sounds, I appreciate everything you guys are saying on this, and it sounds like, you know, when you start going through the idea of due diligence and should the White Sox have known or should teams know, if you go back and look at the Bauer situation and every, and how that transpired, you know, if there was some sort of relatively in-depth background check that was required for before contracts were signed, probably past history there would have flagged something. Now, the players' unions are probably not going to want to go for any of that, but my point would be when you say in, in this instance the White Sox and what could they have done for due diligence, you know, which team is going to step forward finally and in whichever sport, hopefully the White Sox, and say, Here, here's how we're going to approach free agency now. We have some categories on a checklist that have to be marked off before we consider putting somebody on as a free agent. What kind of a foundation have they established? What kind of community service do they do? How many times per year do they do it? Do they participate in the community service with their family? And my point being... If you look at the various incidences similar to this in the NFL, I have yet to hear that one of those incidents happened with a nominee for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Thanks for the phone call, Rob. Uh, I'm not quite sure what he was referring to with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. That's a different sport, different Uh, award. I think think David, what he's saying is that – when allegations come uh, for these uh, particular individuals, that uh, very rarely uh, are they proved to be the solid type of citizens you wanted to begin with uh, in your organization. In other words, look, look we, we do know that Clevenger back in 2021 stepped uh, out of, uh, out of um, Protocol. rules by, yeah. uh, by walking away from uh, the uh, COVID rules and stepping out and uh, going out and exposing himself to uh, COVID when, uh, you know, it was the league rules at that time that you stayed within uh, the framework of your team when you were on the road, uh, you didn't go out. Um, that that seems, uh, seems like distant and, and far off history right now. But I think that was the only indication of not following being a good citizen or a good teammate at that particular point in time when he and... Uh, I believe it was uh, Plesak who stepped away from the team and went out and broke those rules. Um, do they seem like minor incidents right now? Um, it's, it's hard for me to say stepping away almost three years, uh, how I view that, and whether or not that should have been a red flag for the White Sox or not. Well, I think, yeah, that's one instant. You're not going to avoid signing somebody based on a COVID protocol violation. I think other things that might have come up and talking to people around him, maybe it's, it's you look back and you see things that may have stood out, maybe not in his involvement with uh, Trevor Bauer, frankly. Uh, that would have made me a little bit uncomfortable given his his name came up in that investigation, in that, um, in, in that process. But I, look. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's, I think right now the main focus is on what the White Sox will do next. It's an ongoing conversation. Everyone's going to have an opinions, and we're going to have to wait and see to some degree because what they do will be dictated by how the league acts after it completes its investigation, whenever that may be. I'm sure our next guest will have an opinion on what happens with Mike Clevenger, what Eloy Jimenez said, what the White Sox offseason looks like, and what he did on Friday in signing a contract to return to the booth for NBC Sports Chicago. Steve Stone, our Sox analyst here at The Score, our teammate and friend, joins us next on Inside the Clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, I think I'm, I'm just one of many that are excited. I've, I've spoken to a lot of the players, uh, you know, of course, a lot all the coaches. And uh, we're just preparing right now. Everybody's excited, uh, eager to get out there. The only thing that's happening now is that we can't get out there to the 13th because we got the Super Bowl and the Waste Management Tournament and there's no room. So everybody's eager to go and we can't. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that was Pedro Grafol last week on this show talking about him anticipating spring training anxiously just three weeks away. And that brings us to our next guest presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We've got a lot to talk to him about. Good morning, Steve Stone. How are you doing? I am delightful, and especially what a way to start the spring. Uh, I haven't done any uh, any Twitter, and I haven't done any radio. And now I get a chance to hear Bruce Levine singing the Nationwide song, and it, it makes me feel real good about what Jason and I do. <laughs> that's, that's a great place to start, Stoney. So there's a lot to talk to you about, but how about with the news that broke on Friday? You are returning to the booth, NBC Sports Chicago, and I think a lot of Sox fans are relieved that that was taken care of after initial reports were that that might, might not be the case. But welcome back, and we're glad you're, you're coming. 
Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, and it's wonderful to be coming back with Jason. I think uh, our uh, our broadcast, along with uh, Joe Grubb, who's up in the booth, and uh, a lot of guys, just about everybody who's in the truck, uh, makes us sound pretty good. But I think at times our broadcast can be magic. At times it can be painful. Uh, we are like every other set of broadcasters at the mercy of the quality of the baseball team. And so when, when they're not looking that good, we're not looking that good. And uh, when the team is real good, everybody wants to listen to the broadcast because the team is real good. So it centers around those guys that are on the field getting it done. And uh, I think what Jason and I do are just fill in the gaps and hopefully educate you a little bit about baseball. Steve, what has changed in your mind about uh, the way that you broadcast and how you look at the game uh, now, starting in your 41st year uh, in Chicago, you know, broadcasting Chicago baseball, first with the Cubs and then the last uh, 17 or 18 years with the White Sox. What, what is different now about the way that you broadcast as opposed to 1983 when you started with the Cubs? Well, there, there's, uh, you know, from a technology standpoint, the pictures are better, the angles are better, the creativity of the producers, Chris Withers in, in our case, uh, his creativity is outstanding, and I think the uh, the station urges that. You know, there was, years ago when I first started, there was very much a straightforward approach to what was going on, and uh, of course, when I came to Chicago after leaving ABC Monday Night Baseball, um, I really learned what a local broadcast was all about broadcasting with Harry Carey. And uh, he could be very entertaining and then still, at the time, wonderfully dramatic. A lot of people remember Harry at the end when he was making a lot of mistakes and he would go in off tangents and whatever, but they forget that Harry was just a great broadcaster. And like so many others before him, he really learned how to do it on radio, which is the play-by-play man's medium. Uh, Len Casper does a great job for us, but it's it's the medium of the play-by-play guy because you have to paint the picture. You have to get that person listening to you to understand what it looks like and feels like on the field. From a television standpoint, I think now because there's so many more angles, because there's so many more things to look at, because our whole staff, the cameraman and everybody else, taught to look in the stands and, and, and you know get, get the picture of, of the game and the day, I think we have more to analyze. So I think this is maybe the greatest time to analyze baseball in all the years that I've been doing it. And to me, it's the greatest game in the world. I've loved it. I try to bring that out in every broadcast. Look, some days I like it a little bit better than others, but for the most part, uh, it's a great game, and hopefully we'll have uh, a little better luck this year. The loss of Liam Hendricks is is going to hurt, don't get me wrong, and that's something that uh, uh, the ball club is going to have to overcome. So that's that's something that if this team is going to be successful, that's just one of the challenges they'll have. Unfortunately, Steve, this week the news wasn't good as it pertains to the White Sox. MLB investigating Mike Clevenger, the new free agent pitcher, for a violation potentially of its domestic violence policy. A lot of conversation about whether or not due diligence should have uh, been done here and the White Sox should have known more. MLB cannot reveal who they're investigating. There's confidentiality concerns there if you were to first of all what was your reaction to the news and how do you expect this to be handled by the White Sox moving forward well I think my reaction and their reaction is uh, pretty similar Uh, number one I think the key is he's being investigated if in fact it's something that they find out that he did 
Well, they're going to deal with it. And I think anything at this point, and I don't want to sound like I'm running for office, but anything at this point that we speculate on is going to be just that, and it's also premature. So when something happens, I'm sure we'll talk again, and we can delve into that. Steve, uh, on uh, the front of the Eli Jimenez news this week, um, Pedro Guffal uh, has said, uh, the new manager of the White Sox has said that uh, uh, he expects um, Pedro to DH most of the time, but that uh, he will get some time in the outfield. And uh, oddly enough, uh, right field is where Eloy uh, might be playing. I, I don't understand the situation. I do understand dealing with the modern player, the millennial player, and giving them the uh, feeling that they want to be positive about uh, and open to the fact that you can be an everyday ball player out there. But knowing Eloy's history of injury and the idea that the best place ideally would be for him, in my opinion, to DH 162 times next year, what, are, what is your take on this Eloy coming out and saying, yeah, you know what, I just don't want to DH, I want to play the outfield? Well, Eloy can say anything he wants to, and I think uh, I can understand his feelings. I can understand the fact that he's been a two-way player his whole life, two-way player to get here. And and I think that um, somewhere along the line, there's a a delicate balance in what players and the ball club think about uh, their role. And one of the things that I don't think that Eloy is thinking that much about at this point is what's best for the baseball team because it was something that I think all of us who go to a team who has visions of winning uh, I think we come to that team and and I'll I'll, use uh, what I felt like uh, when I went to the Orioles the first time Uh, what happened was I was a free agent I went to the Orioles and I always thought because some of the teams that I was with weren't real good And you have a tendency to feel, as I believe Eloy is feeling now, what's best for you as the player is then best for the team. And then you get to a team that's supposed to win. And we felt in Baltimore we were supposed to win every year. And so when I got there, eventually what I learned was the way it should be all along, and that is what was best for the Baltimore Orioles, by definition, was best for me. I had my best years there. I played for the best teams there, but they weren't going to adjust to my wants and desires. Just as the White Sox are not going to sit back and say, well, we know that Eloy doesn't play the outfield uh, as good as Benintendi, let's say, but we're going to play him out there because that's not the way to get the best out of the team. So I think one of the philosophies, and, and I've talked to a lot of people about Pedro, and number one, the players just like him. That's, that's the first hurdle. Then, because they like him, they have to buy into what his philosophies are going to be. I can understand at this point, and not having talked with Pedro yet, I think he probably feels, let's leave the door open to everything. We'll see how it shakes out. I think probably in his own mind he would like to see, he would like to see Eloy do much more as far as the DH is concerned as the outfield, but he also wants him to stay in shape. And by practicing in the outfield on a daily basis, you can stay in shape. 
So, Steve, obviously there's a lot that's going on this offseason that lately, if you're a Sox fan, I think you feel a little disappointed, a little like you've been punched in the gut. The Clevenger news comes on the heels of Aloy saying what he said, and there's no Sox fest and a lot of things. So, okay, I know you don't want to talk about Clevenger. That's fine. But when you look at this season, this offseason, and three weeks away from spring training, what could you say to Sox fans that either restores some hope, provides some perspective, or gives them a reason not to think that the Sox are trying to ruin their winter. Because this week on the radio, this week talking to Sox fans, that's the prevailing reaction to everything that's happened. Well, you know, winning does cure a little bit of that. And we have to realize that just a short, uh, well, less than two years ago, the Sox won the division, won 90 games, and and looked pretty good uh, by doing it, ran away. So last year, just a a mediocre year. Uh, Supposed to win, didn't. Played 500 ball, not acceptable. This year you have a new administration coming in. And what should I say to Sox fans? Well, I believe what they think is prove it to me. And I think that's what this Sox team is going to try to do. They're going to try to prove it to the fans. Now, you can talk as much as you want to, and the reality is that you got to prove it out on the field. Well, they have not the chance yet to prove it out on the field. This is going to be a strange spring training because you have the World Baseball Classic. There's guys reporting at different times. Somewhere along the line, this team is going to have to come together. And again, if they're pulling in 26 different directions, it's not going to work. So the the key will be to accept what Pedro and his staff are trying to implement. I think uh, being a fairly long spring training, although They'd like to get out there a little sooner, but you heard Pedro say that uh, they can't start until the middle of February, but that's just what you have to deal with. Every team has to deal with the same thing. Um, I can't tell the Sox fans definitively they're going to win. I can say that the Houston Astros and teams like that are not in the Sox division. The division is good in places. It's not great. And so if the Sox play well, they'll probably win the division. If they don't play well, as we saw last year, they're going to finish up the track. So you have to get by Cleveland. You have to get by that pitching staff. You have to get by Terry Francona. That would be the first one. We'll see what Minnesota does. I personally am very happy that Luis Arise is no longer in the division because he was really hard to get out. Now somebody can get him out in Miami. But um, I am always optimistic, always have been. You say that uh, uh, that the Sox fans are not unhappy, they're disgruntled, they're thinking the Sox are ruining their life and their season and everything else. Well, um, you've got plenty of time, the fans have plenty of time to be as disgruntled as they want to if this team doesn't prove it out on the field. But right now, because hope springs eternal, let's be optimistic that this team with the less than overwhelming division can stay in contention and even, even a greater uh, situation is staying healthy. We saw what happened last year when they couldn't. I don't know what's going to happen this year. After signing a $400 million contract to return to broadcast White Sox games <laughs> this year, Steve Stone joins <laughs> us this morning on the score. And uh, Steve, uh, going back as far as when you were with those great Baltimore teams, there, there was one uh, constant in the Baltimore philosophy. We've seen the, the constant in many others, including the St. Louis Cardinals with the Adair Molina with the Orioles, it was Rick Dempsey, um, you know, a defensive first-minded team as far as the catcher position goes. We know Yasmani Grandal healthy uh, like he was three years ago will help this team offensively. 
defensively questionable uh, at this point going into the last year of his free agent contract. We know Zavallo is the backup. Um, we've talked, David and I have talked uh, a lot about that this looks like a, a possible Achilles heel for the White Sox going into the season if they don't add another catcher. What are your thoughts about the position, how essential it is to have a defensive-minded catcher who can call games, and again, uh, not not besmirching, uh, you know, uh, or besmirching, you know, Grandal, who's an, an outstanding offensive player when he's healthy. But how how do you look at the situation and where they go from here? Well, Yaz is going to get the first shot, and that's what they're planning. That he is the guy who's going to get the majority of uh, the games behind the plate. Uh, if he proves he can't do it or if those knees give him continuing problems, then you have to make an adjustment. Uh, I would think that as the spring moves along or perhaps as we move a little bit closer to everybody reporting in the middle of February and getting ready to go, um, I think the Sox are on the lookout for that guy who can really get it done behind the plate. Um, you know, if you have an offensive catcher, you've got to have a, a really strong defensive backup. And so I think that uh, I think the catching looks as solid as it's going to look with Sebi behind uh, Grandal. Again, that's how you start. Very rarely do you end the same way you start in this game because it is a game of attrition. That's the catching aspect of it. And also, I think catchers are going to have to be as good as they can be. And here's an aspect, guys, that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And that is it's going to be a different year for pitchers because the bases are going to be bigger, meaning uh, that you're going to be ostensibly closer to the base you're trying to steal. Also, there's a limit on how many times you can throw to first base, and you're not going to use those two because the third one puts the guy at second base. And so uh, the big thing is the size of the bases and the proximity to the next base. Pitchers are going to have to be really aware, and so far – We've seen a lot of catchers having trouble throwing out base runners. They need as much help as possible by pitchers. So you're going to have to teach a method to get rid of the ball more quickly. And the timing, you see first base coaches with that with the stopwatch in their hands. The timing from when the pitcher gets into a set position to when the ball leaves his hand. And then you know if you can run. So you're going to have to teach pitchers to be more aware of base dealers to get the ball to the catcher more quickly, and to have the catcher work on his footwork to the point where they can actually throw out some base stealers. Because the guys around who do steal bases, who can steal bases, those guys will be running, putting even more pressure on the defense. And if you can't execute, you're going to have some problems. That's something that all major league teams will have to deal with, and the Sox will have to make it a priority in spring training. Steve, thanks so much for your time this morning. Congratulations on your new deal, and we'll look forward to hearing you and seeing you more in spring training. Okay, guys, uh, I think we'll do that, and uh, have a good rest of the year, and the Sox will uh, we'll, we'll put things together down here with a new coaching staff and a lot of new players and see how it shakes out. Steve Stone. I'll work on my singing as well, Steve. Uh, I'll work on it <laughs> Please. in the offseason. As a public service. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Steve Stone, NBC Sports Chicago, and Score Sox analyst will react to what he had to say when we come back. Don't forget, though, Championship Sunday is here, and Westwood One brings you the AFC 
and NFC Championship games live no matter where you are. Listen to 49ers, Eagles, Bengals, and Chiefs on 670 The Score, which is free on your Odyssey app. Coverage begins Sunday at 1 o'clock Central. Download the Odyssey app today. When we come back, more White Sox talk. We'll get to the Cubs eventually. And the Hall of Fame had an announcement this week, all here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back. Short segment here before we get to chin music at the top of the hour. That's going to be some fun. Steve Stone just uh, brought us up to date on what he is doing coming back to the Sox and some other things regarding the Sox spring training plans in this season. Bruce, I think that I understand why Steve couldn't talk about the Mike Clevenger situation. I understand why people are reluctant to want to address it. I suppose I am just hoping at some point in time that somebody sounds as disgusted as I felt, and I think a lot of people felt reading the allegations and processing this news. It's a tough needle to thread. And I don't know that the Sox can do anything because of the structure of the Major League Baseball investigative process. And I understand and respect that process. But I just don't know if I, I don't know if it's wrong to want to discuss the possibilities here. And I also think that it, these are some this is allegation. I, know, I understand the presumption of innocence, but this is this is an allegation made by a woman who willingly came forward and was willing to be identified and had the, enough evidence to compel the athletic, which is no fly-by-night operation, to, to run a story making these charges. So I, I don't think it's insignificant, and I don't think it's, it's inappropriate to want to delve a little deeper into how the Sox really feel. Well, it's it's just such an impossible situation for them at this point. You know, I, it's not. I, I can't help. Yeah, but, that's what I'm saying. I, it's I, not. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's not your twelve million dollars, okay? If it was your twelve million dollars and you're a significant pitcher who you hope to fortify the team, you know, you you would you would be hesitating as well. Not that you don't have. I'm sure they all feel the same way you do, David. That if this is true, they're disgusted. They're retching, and they can't wait to to get this uh, situation cleaned up. And the other point, the other point of it is, is that you're not in this situation. It's not your money. It's not your pitcher. It's not your team. It's not your situation. So your opinion, although I respect the hell out of it, uh, is just you know uh, there, there's no harm, no foul on on your opinion. It doesn't really matter at this point. It only matters whether or not. Uh, this guy is uh, innocent or guilty of these charges, and the White Sox are just uh, going to have to wait. If, if if it was you, would you just say, "Okay, I'm I'm letting him go now before we really know if this is true or not"? I I would try to find a way to be very delicate. These these are guys who who are making decisions that have multi-million dollar implications. I get that. We're not in that situation. But I would try to communicate this in a way that that has a little more savvy. It's very hard to be, you know, black or white here. But I would like to try to find some gray. And and I think I, I haven't seen that so far. And I think that I maybe that will happen. 
and they are confined by what they can do. We all are all, we're aware of that, and we will approach this story with the fairness that it deserves. But uh, I just I think that it's it's disturbing. It's disappointing. Well, I, I, I agree. And, There's no tolerance in these situations. When proved out, I'm with you uh, a million percent. You know, you you let the guy go. It doesn't matter how much money you paid, and uh, if it's uh, if he's suspended or he is, uh, you know, found guilty of these charges. I'm with you. It's like, okay, here's your money. Uh, this is a mistake. We have to move on without you. I'm with the, you a million percent. But you have to let the process play itself out. It's this was the offseason that Rick Hahn began about. vowing to regain the Sox fans' trust. And I don't know that he has gone a long way in that direction. We will move on to baseball. We will get on to other things. And Aloy Jimenez had a lot to say this week about his role on this baseball team on the south side. We'll address that next inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.